Coming to you from Star Studios in Calvert, Texas, this is Coffee with a Sign Painter, a podcast hosted by me, sign painter Sean Starr. Our groovy intro music was written and recorded for this show by Fergal Aller of the Cranberries. Thanks, Fergal. Okay, so this is Sarah Harvey with Paint Your Wagon, which I've been following for, I don't know how many years now, but I've been super intrigued with what you do. And I'm really interested to find out the backstory of how you got into it, of um, painting gypsy caravans and uh, you do signs and stuff as well. Um, I do. I've seen some boats that you've done that are fabulous. And I just, oh. I, I'm a big, big fan of what you're doing. And um, from, from what you told me before, uh, you kind of have like this gypsy life, nomadic lifestyle traveling around painting them as well. Is that correct? Oh, Sean, thanks for having me. First of all, thank you because you had so much patience with me uh, <laughs> coming on here. So, so thanks. And it's been a, it's been a good few years actually since, um, yeah. yeah, since you are so great it's great to be on it um so hey what was the first question again? <laughs> there you go ah, the um, gypsy yeah yeah it sounds to me well, like you're just traveling around painting these fabulous looking uh old caravans which over here would be uh kind of like a, a I, I think that would probably be called a trailer by most people but it's it's kind of like yeah. old school rv trailer that was pulled by horses sure. originally correct yeah yeah, 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 that, absolutely. Well, um, it's it, it sounds it sounds more of an idyllic lifestyle than it probably really is. Sometimes that's, that's how all things are, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I I really enjoy traveling. I really enjoy meeting people, and I love spending time with people that are a bit off the wall. Um, and uh, yeah, I I do like that. So. And and getting getting to work with some you know some really old boys that that have been doing it for years is mm-hmm. is always great. So, but how I got into it in the first place was, uh, I was up on Dartmoor, which is this huge, um, great expanse of very rural Devon, and I was painting the back of somebody's van. Um, it was a pictorial thing, mm-hmm. and and I think there was a party on, and someone just rocked up and were t- to invite people to the party, you know, and, and came and said, "Oh, hey, um, do you, if you ever fancy painting a gypsy wagon," and I and I have always fancied painting a gypsy wagon, okay. and I said, "Yeah, definitely, I'd love to." And and this guy, he um, so he was in the business of buying and selling wagons, and. Uh, so I waited. This was before uh, internet and fancy phones and stuff like that. So I just I just studied it and I found out people that did it. Uh, I went to meet a couple of people that did it and uh, chatted with them a lot. And um, and I waited a year. So a year later, the guy suddenly phones out the police and said, "Hey, I've got a wagon for you to paint." And uh, so I turn up. <laughs> so I turn up at his place uh, uh-huh. on Dartmoor and I'm quite nervous you know this is a beautiful this is I don't know it was a it was a few hundred years old this wagon and and it was really lovely and 
uh, I was nervous and I looked at it and the, and the guy that had painted this wagon was called Tom Stevenson, who I had already found out about him and I knew he'd passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his, his work, this was the first time I'd seen a gypsy wagon, you know, in, in the flesh. I looked at all his work and thought, oh, my God. Um, and it was a repair job. Okay. So... I had to replicate his work exactly, and you know how colours fade, and so I had to mix the colours so they looked exact, like the cream, you know. And uh-huh. uh, I remember it taking me about, I don't know, about half an hour, getting this cream exactly right and putting pink in it and green in it, and every colour under the sun, you know, and eventually got it. But um, anyways, but what... So this was the pinstriping, and and there was this there was a really amazing guy called Johnny Pickett, and uh, he's also dead now, sadly. A lot of these amazing guys from you know from a few years ago, uh-huh. a lot of them have passed away now. But he was for me, he was a bit of a hero. He built wagons, he carved wagons, and he painted them. And every single bit of that, uh, anything that he did, he was fantastic. And um, and so he was a real character, okay. Now, he couldn't paint unless he'd had, I don't know, a bottle of whiskey or whatever. <laughs> I've known he, a few like guy, that. Yeah, the guy could hardly stand. But as soon as he put a brush on that wagon, he was off and he was flawless. So I think there's a pub next door, you know, old-fashioned English village pub, pub next door, and I think... Well, okay, if it works for him, you know, I'd give it a go. I go in the pub. Now, I'm not a drinker. Yeah, I'm not a good drinker. But I have two pints of Guinness, which for me is a lot. So uh-huh. I, came, I come out of there, you know, full of it, full of Dutch courage. Yeah, of course I can do this. So I start pinstriping away two hours later that alcohol kind of wears off and I look at it and think, oh, my God. So I get it all <laughs> off really, really quickly. And then the guy turns up and I pretend that I've only just got there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm just about to start, you know. So that was my that was my first introduction of wagon painting. So did um, you did you switch to coffee to get the job done? Yeah, yeah. yeah? <laughs> oh, I did. Oh, I did. Yeah, coffee and more coffee. And and I so, worked for him for a long time actually after that. And and how long ago was that? When did you do the your first one? Uh, um, um, Twenty wow, uh, <laughs> twenty no, twenty six years ago. So you've been doing a long time. Five, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, some of the uh, the lovely old fellas up, you know, up north. They they've they're in their seventies, eighties, and and they've been doing it all their lives. You know, yeah, they're, yeah. Re- they're incredible. Um, but so, it's, so it's, at 26 years, you're just a newbie, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I'm just a newbie. <laughs> yeah. But some of these, you know, these old fellows, they're incredible. But so I, I, I've, I worked with um, a guy called Lowell Thompson, who's he keeps him, he he's always kept himself pretty much under the radar. But he's in quite a few books and stuff, you know, on wagons because he's. He's, he's a great character. Sadly, he passed away last year. Uh, uh, um, yeah, which, which, yeah, that was a sad thing. But uh, so I used to paint with him a lot. I used to take the train, uh, go up there, and we, 
you'd just be in this huge, great big shed and he'd have this old coal fire going, you know. Uh. And it stank of coal. And uh, it, But we had a laugh, you know. We've got some tunes on and you just get to it. And sure. I, remember what, I remember once saying to him, Lol, can I open the door? There's no windows in the place, you know. So it's like being in a, a dungeon, but with good lights, obviously. Yeah. Can we open the doors, you know, to this place? We... No, love, no, we can't open the doors. It'd let the dust in, you know. And I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, the dust. Yeah, super, what about all the dust from the coal fire? You know, it's just, it's really funny that yeah. that kind, you know, that mentality. But so we worked like that, you know, like a couple of moles, and we'd start at maybe six, seven o'clock, and we'd work through. Um, I was the one that usually wanted to go on, actually, and he said, no, we've got to stop now because, you know, it does your eyes in. We've got to stop. And I'd open the door and I'd squint, you know, like this little mole coming out of the earth. Like it was quite funny. So, um, but I enjoy, I really enjoy, I enjoyed that because it was one experience, but I do enjoy working on them um, in the light with lots of fresh air around me. You know, yeah, yeah, the- yeah. That's a, that's a that's a better arrangement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, one shot does tend to get a bit poggy. So you know those those old caravans. Are there still people living in them, or do people restore them for like so they can go and go camping, or what? Hmm. what how are they used now? Yeah, both. Well, both really. It's surprising. There's a lot of people that do live uh, in wagons still. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of people that buy them to live in. Uh, nowadays on the roads, it's not so great for traveling with horses. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the roads are really busy. I've got a couple of friends, uh, one in particular, who he travels in his van all the time. He um, So he makes border pipes, which are kind of like bag pipes, and he does some blacksmithing. Okay. His nice. daughter plays the fiddle, so he busts in. He makes he makes a good living, you know, on the road, and he's uh, he's like a gentleman of the road. He's very funny, very polite, but great now, now you realize that this picture you're painting, describing all this stuff, is like ex- this extremely romantic idea. <laughs> like yeah. I'm just I'm just picturing the English countryside with people like riding around in these old wagons and making <laughs> bagpipes. That sounds pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, I mean, you know, he does do that, but he's had some really hairy times like this. Um, you know, he was on the road and a car, um, a car just went straight into uh, uh, the, his, his his horse that he had on the back. He had one at the front, mm. one on the back, bleeding. And, uh, and, and the police came and had to, you know, had to put the horse down and another friend, his horse bolted because the car, this car just came right in too close and uh, took off. Luckily, he was all right, but the wagon was like a pile of matches, you know. So I, I wouldn't want to do that in England. In Ireland, in Ireland where there's loads of space, um, the roads aren't so busy, uh, that would be better. Uh-huh. And it's you know, it's not years ago in the sixties um, as well, seventies maybe that you know with less traffic that would have been good. But I don't fancy it now. But there are still plenty of people that do it, and there's a lot of people that have them for uh, glamping and uh, yeah, you know, people come and and have their little hideaways and 
break holiday breaks and stuff like that and they stay in in, in their wagons and stuff yeah. and they live some some of them are uh, you know most of them are off grid uh, thankfully but i did paint four uh tovardos which are like gypsy wagons but they're really long they're built on a Ifa williams farm trailer hmm. and uh they're in a holiday park and the kids come and go hey where's the internet so they're all wired up for wi-fi you know which to me is <laughs> i just want to get away from all that stuff you know but well and yeah. that, that's one of the things i wanted to ask you you know you, you're you're describing this community of people that sounds like they like unplugged and you know they're 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 just living this different kind of life out in the rural area. Like what what do you kind of, what do you see as the common denominator with the people that are choosing to live that way? What do you what do you are are you seeing anything or is it just everybody's kind of got their own thing? Yeah, everyone kind of has got their. There's people that there are people that like to have peace, like writers, like artists, or people that just want a bit of peace. They live in a really hectic city or something like that, and they just want to get away from it. Yeah. And I I don't quite understand the people that want to come into one that have got, that's got Wi-Fi and a electric and all of that stuff, because that's not essentially what that living's about. But yeah. I guess... I guess if they've got kids um, and it's raining, um, I don't know. I, I just think what, get get some games out, get some cards out. I don't know anything, but you know, watching the internet. But um, you know, I can't judge really. I, maybe if I had five small children, I'd want to. I'd want to <laughs> keep say, them hey, busy. Let's watch. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm really interested in it because um, you know we moved from. Uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, 5 million people plus, um, to a town of just over 1,000. Wow. And, you know, we're, we're located in central Texas. It's all just, you know, farm and ranch property all around us. And, you know, to me, it was something, a change I wanted to make so badly because of just you know, yeah. that, that energy that's constantly pulling at you, yeah. especially if you have a business mm -hmm. and, you know, just, it's got to get done. We got this opening happening. This has to happen. This yeah. has to happen. And I still get that, you know, cause it's, I'm still have a lot of the same clientele, but I just, yeah. um, for the day-to-day -day living side of it, like yeah. this just feels so much more sane to me. And I just, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I don't, like Absolutely. you said, I don't understand when people like, even if they're just getting away for a few days, like, you know, it's one of the reasons I love long motorcycle trips is because yeah. you can't, you couldn't you check away. your phone if you wanted to, unless you're like one of those really <laughs> weird people. That's like, you know, yeah. you can get, tech, yeah. And you can get technology that like alerts you in your helmet and lets you know that you got a phone call or a text or whatever. But it's just like, to me, it's like, I, I cherish those times where I am not plugged in. Yeah, Absolutely. Especially yeah. with with the way the last year has gone, it's like I think. Um, oh yeah, it's really opposite on that, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, and, and you know, I was talking about this with Mike Meyer on on the last interview. Was you know, I think last year, if you take it as such, is a huge gift, even though it's mm. been you know a real beating for so many people. Um, and yeah. a lot of people are struggling still from it, but it's like just to be, you know, technology has accelerated so much over the last, mm. you know, five years, especially that it's like just to be 
disconnected and slow down and be able to mm. kind of reassess like what's important to us and everything. Yeah. I think I think it's super yeah. valuable. Yeah. I are you right? I think there's an awful lot of people that have appreciated really what they've got. Mm-hmm. Um I mean some people obviously it's been really hard for them because they're in a high rise or something flipping yeah. awful like that. But um but the but yeah people that have made a conscious effort to move you know, to move out of the mainstream, I think that this time is massively appreciated, uh, hugely, actually, because you really feel the peace then. Um, yeah, and and I think us, like, uh, hippie sympathizers is what I would call it. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, yeah, we don't, maybe we don't seem as crazy now, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're myself, not on board with that, no. <laughs> myself, I don't want to comment on that one first, but but yeah, I think I, I think I know what you mean. Oh yes, no, sure. I sorry, I completely get what you mean. Yeah, well, this whole this whole living thing, I mean in England. So years ago, you know, I lived in a truck and, and lots of my friends lived in trucks. We lived in trucks, we lived in vans and we, you know, we travelled about and had a great time. Mm-hmm. And but, you know, I remember getting a, this is England, you know, and I, I remember somebody shooting through my window um, because that's how I lived. I lived, I had an old 1947 uh, a caravan. It was, it was beautiful. It was, um, it was actually built as a mobile dentist and they built them as banks, kind of like, um, sort of like a not, like an airstream but but more bits to it it kind of wasn't okay. just smooth and long and low and um and it was painted up you know cream and dark red kind of traditional colors but for travelers back then it, they were vigilantes you know um uh-huh. it got pretty bad and in the yeah uh yeah in with the tory government it was pretty shocking um oh, okay. but um but now how things have changed you know everybody uh, wants to live like that because they think it's a really good idea and they love it. You know, I mean, yeah. years ago, you'd have to hide your chimney, you know, or maybe like watch where you park, maybe hide your chimney. Oh, cause somebody spot the smoke, you know, and things like that. But you walk down the seafront, um, where I'm living at the moment in, in the summer and it's wall to wall with, with kids in their vans, you know, and a lot yeah. of them are living because they can't afford a place to live. You know, this crazy rent. Yeah. So they're living in their vans. And I I like it personally. Mm-hmm. I think good, you know, because they're doing the thing and, and they're being independent, which is great. But the, and that's but, what I mean by hippie sympathizer. You know, it's like, yeah, you, sure, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know all, all of that kind of free spirit, bohemian, you know, stuff. I, I think that, um, you know, comparing that to like going the corporate route with the brand new iPhone every year and, you know, all of that stuff. It's like, yeah, I, I go with the other guys. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. No, definitely. Yeah. I think I've had my phone for a couple of years now, yeah. uh, but, but it's only cause I broke the other one. <laughs> 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 Otherwise I'd have still had the old one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's funny. Um, Actually, a good friend of mine in, in California, so he's got a uh, beautiful Burton wagon that belonged to his father. And I went, I came out, I think it was a couple of years, a couple of years ago now, um, and and he, he'd had it shipped over there. 
um, and and had had spent forty years gradually doing it up, and uh, so it was ready for decoration. And so I went and uh, spent a couple of months out there painting it up, and uh, and a little cart. So he's got a little. Uh, kind of a little day cart that he rides out with his horses. Uh-huh. And um, I, I was meant to be over there, actually, uh, this last year, uh, finishing it off, but I couldn't get there. So I'm hoping that it'll come. But there, there is a few, actually. There's a, there's a few wagons, in uh, English wagons, in, in the States as well. Is there? Is uh, there? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yes, it, it, it quite amazed me, actually. Um, that there was there's a chap called Dennis Thompson who introduced the gypsy van of horses um, to the states, huh. and uh, and and he's got a ranch that that he uh, he has gypsy wagons and and the traditional cob horses that that pull them. So he I think he breeds them. I think. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, it amazed me. It amazed me the interest I think over there. And so I was thinking about the arts and how different um it isn't it 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 kind of amazed me how people were so interested it in it from the states and so so the scrolling on the wagons so that came from carvings originally um okay. so from, from the fairground so years and years ago like 18 18 something mid maybe mid 18th century um so the fairground people, they had a lot of dosh because, the, you know, the fairgrounds were big and, and a lot of people came and they made a lot of money. So they could afford to employ like 20, 30 carvers uh-huh. and they would carve these beautiful scenes, you know, these beautiful uh, acanthus-like carvings. Yeah. And, um, and then... Of course, a lot of them would have showman's wagons and gypsy wagons. So the carvings uh, would would go on those wagons too, and they would be beautiful. Uh, and then the, but then you have the real. I say the real gypsies, the gypsies that lived, the, the people that lived on the road that were poor, that made a living from selling lace, making clothes pegs, uh, selling heather, you know, whatever they did. They couldn't afford to have all these really amazing carvings. So they looked at the carvings and thought, okay, well, so we're going to paint that. You know, we, uh-huh. we're proud people. We're, we're proud. We want to make our homes beautiful. So they started to paint the carvings. And so the paintings, the scrolls, are meant to emulate carvings. Uh, okay. Um, so, you know, so that's why... You get I'm, the shading, the lining, and all that kind of stuff. I'm and, so um, I'm so fascinated by the history of things like this because um, uh, there there's there's such a similarity with um, you know in the United States when there was the migration west, um, yeah. you know, in the movies when Hollywood was making movies in the 40s and 50s of old westerns. Yeah. The way they were portraying things um, was not accurate for the same reasons that you're describing is, you know, these people had nothing they were moving out west, um, yeah. you know, and yeah. so, so like a saloon window would would just have like, if, if it had anything, yeah. it would be very plain generic lettering on it. But then yeah. you saw in the movies, it would be really ornate gold leaf or, or whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah. but it's so fascinating to me because there's this aesthetic that developed 
that's based on Hollywood's version of the Old West versus yeah. what the Old West actually was. I did some consulting yeah. on a couple of films when I was out in California and, you know, had to like dig through all this and explain it. And it was really, really interesting to fit, find all this information because there was a couple of air of towns. Um, I believe St. Louis was one of them. Uh, right. San Francisco, you know, there was tons of money injected into those particular cities. So they yeah. did have some elaborate sign work, but like the average, you know, like old West gunfight kind of town. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the guy that was the undertaker in a lot of the towns for what some reason I haven't been able to track down the undertaker was also typically the sign painter in some of these towns. Oh, and, wow, really? Yeah, and he would paint very oh, wow. generic, you know, just like, you know, dry goods, you know, just like block lettering. And All some right, Pete. <laughs> yeah, so, some of the old photos I've seen that the sign work is just like, wow, it's like really, really primitive. But, you know, with what, I love with, that, though. Yeah, and with what you're explaining is so fascinating that, like, these gypsies didn't have the money these guys yeah. that that had the money because of the fairs were like you know let's really go to town and decorate yeah. these up and then they're like oh that's a cool idea let's incorporate it that's super cool yeah well and also they what they did was too some because gold leaf was expensive then so what they would do was use silver leaf mm -hmm. and they would varnish it over the top with like a ah, yellow varnish okay to make to make it look gold so they save money by using the silver leaf then too um Fascinating. But also, so the patterns also, so I, I, I really love teaching wagon painting and I wish that I'd known this information when I started. So I always start off with this information because, because it gets into your head where it comes from. So, so this, so the scrolling, the carvings, mm -hmm. uh, they originated from the acanthus leaf. Which yeah. is this huge, great, you know, the cannabis leaf, right? This yeah. this plant, and and universally, like all over the world, you see it in stone, you see it in temples, you know, mm -hmm. it comes from Roman times. You see the cannabis leaf everywhere, and so it started off as an organic thing, shape. It was a plant. So so when I'm so when I do my little blurb to people at the beginning, you know, I always say this is where it comes from. So we draw the acanthus leaf and then go in seven stages to simplify it until uh -huh. it becomes a wagon scroll. Okay. Because when, when I first started, I was, uh, so I was replicating Tom Stevenson's work and I was doing it and thinking, oh, why does this bit go there? Okay, he puts a little flick there, but I didn't know why, you know. Uh -huh. Oh, why does he do that? You know, that's a bit pointy. That's weird. But okay, I guess I better do it. And then I realized, uh, and then when I have my own take on the acanthus leaf, um, you go, oh, right, it's a plant. It's organic. So it really flows, you know. Uh -huh. and, and it's a great thing to have into your head that it's actually, it's a plant and, and the flow of it. Um, a, and that, that helped me in that's really interesting to me too. Um, I've been super uh, fascinated with the whole history of the canthus leaf for many years. I've got several books, oh. including one that's uh, uh, from scratch, how to carve a canthus leaves. 
And oh, um, wow. so, someday, like, I hope to like set aside enough time to actually really dive into to doing that. Cause I'm just, you know, it, there, there's a spiritual significance, um, you know, that some of the sacred geometry stuff is worked into the Cantus leaves. Yeah, I, I'm really fascinated with it. And that's, I, I love what you're saying too, that you're, you're, you're taking that whole design principle for the Cantus leaf. And then you're saying you're, you're, you're simplifying it down multiple stages. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so it becomes, you know, when the, when the fern unfurls, you get that really tight little bit and then you get some other pointed little leaf bits. Yeah, you do. You simply, yeah, simplify it down. It's, um, and the shading, the shading on it, which you do get with the, you know, with the actual leaf, which has been put on the carvings that, and, and then the and the lining to bring it out, um, yeah, that all comes with it. You know, when you when you're on your boat, make sure you, you take a <laughs> bit of wood and some carving chisels. <laughs> yeah, there that, you go. That, that would that would be a great place to do it. That would that would be a very yeah. like kind of a zen environment to just like it would. Do some carving. Yeah, so you could be sailing along doing that. I, I would I would love for you to if 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 you think of it next time you're doing that if you could maybe just shoot me a photo of your acanthus sketch so I can wrap my brain around the simplification thing. If, if you feel inclined, I would, yeah. I'd be very, yeah, no, I, I absolutely would. Yeah. It's, it's just to show people, um, I think basically not to be scared. Uh-huh. First of all, don't be scared of it. And, and, uh, just, just look at the shape, see the flow of it, and see how it gradually changes. And then to do your own version of it, um, so you develop your own style. Uh-huh. Um, because I found myself uh, copying other people's stuff okay. um, for the for the first couple of years. Until you learn um, to just kind of let go and be loose with it, huh? Yeah, totally. And this lovely. Uh, a fellow called Yorkie Greenwood. He's he's very he's a very funny character, and so he said I used to be obsessed with flock wallpaper and carpets, uh-huh. and uh, he said I just used to look at them all the time. And when I really I said oh yeah, oh yeah, because that's all in a cactus leaf. Like I don't know what it's like in the states, but in England, like in the seventies, eighties, you went into an Indian restaurant and it was this crazy velvet flock wallpaper. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's full on. Well, um, not as nice as William Morris stuff, but that, right, you know, right. That kind of, but but that kind of busyness. Yeah, and he and he just used to study carpets and wallpaper a lot. Nice. Um, and weirdly, you can see it. You can see where he's coming huh. from. You know, awesome. in, in his, he's got his own complete uh, particular style. Um, and I think what gives me great joy more than anything in teaching is seeing people totally develop their style they just they run with it some people don't um yeah they struggle they resist it but but some people just let go and go yeah okay oh, yeah i'm gonna do this here and and whoop that line around there you know it's great i, I really love that that's, you know that's a that's a good point um i i still have to like i catch myself sometimes you know where i have to kind of almost give myself permission to just you know kind of run with something and get really loose with it. And I'm always yeah. happy when I did. I just completed this old Volkswagen Beetle 
that I um, one of the inspirations on it, and it, it and it reminded me. Oh, was it was it the pink one? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that, I saw that last night. Yeah, that's great. It was called Gypsy Gypsy. Uh, junk, junk Gypsy. It, they've got a TV um, show here in the United States. Um, you know, great. on on one of the home channel things, and um, mm. but you know, one of the one of the inspirations for it was uh, John Lennon's Rolls Royce. I don't know if you've ever oh, seen that. Oh. Yes, but, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yellow one, yeah. and yeah. Um, I just, you know, I love um, the uh, delivery trucks that are in India, and Nepal. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I I want to paint a tractor like that. Yeah, that so, would be cool. Yeah, wouldn't it? An old tractor. I painted Delilah on a friend's old tractor the other day. It's a really old Ford uh, Ford Delta, which is a okay. really old. It's, it's beautiful. It's got this beautiful roundy bonnet. And uh, I painted some hot rod flames in gold just for <laughs> nice. laughs. You know. it, it was, it's really good fun to do that stuff. And I think uh, I've started the bonnet of my car, but I've not finished it. Oh. It's some, um, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, to do that would be really good fun. I keep meaning to get the vehicle that I know that I'm going to keep for ages, but I just keep. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's, I, I get old bangers that I can fit wood into, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, when, when I was I was in Nepal last year, we were shooting a documentary about craftsmen out there, and I had gone the previous year too. I was invited out, and um, one of the places that we went both times and and got a lot of really great footage is, uh, you know, are you familiar with Tonka painters? Tonka painters, I'm not sure. So um, it's it's like Tibetan Buddhist uh, artwork. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. A super yes. elaborate, finely detailed, yeah. like mind-blowing, like and beautiful. stories. Yeah, yeah. And each one has a full, like, philosophical story it tells. But mm. I was really fascinated because the instructor, Tashi Lama, of the school that w we went to at the Budnas Dupa, um, he started to break down the the face of the of the buddhas and it is it's a mathematical equation it's it's very similar to how letter forms are structured like if you're wanting to make a perfect mm -hmm. roman letter it's it's a very yeah. similar approach and wow. it, it was also interesting though to talk to him i i had asked him in the interview like you know, do you ever do artwork like where you just cut loose and, and, and are free with it, you know, and oh. you could tell the concept didn't like register with him. Like, wow, really? Because, this... because the culture out there for this type of work is just so this is the formula and this is how yeah, you do it. It's and, pretty rigid, isn't it? It's rigid. Yeah, it, look, yeah. it looks, it kind of looks really, really tight and it's sort of geometrical and everything's most things are quite symmetrical, I think. Yes, um, and that's a huge beauty to that. Um, yeah, it, you you know the appeal is, is definitely there. I mean, when you when you see the these paintings, and I, and I do some of those just as like my own, you know, for fun stuff. Um, yeah. The, the the beauty in it is it is it's the symmetry and it's the you know the balance mm. and the negative space is just you know, generations mm. of dialed in tight, you know, but it's also interesting coming from the West where like, you know, Jackson Pollock is like, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, he's he's one of the people that we look to and are like, oh yeah, that's a great artist, you know? And it's like, you know, I, it's just worlds colliding as far as discipline yeah. versus anything goes. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that is really interesting. So I, I do love every now and again. I mean, I, I hadn't actually painted since October until a little while ago. Okay. And, um, my God, I got stuck. I just got stuck. Um, I had, yeah, I had this kind of, what? Well, I knew, I knew the letters I was going to do. That was fine. But yeah, I just got stuck with the colours and thought, how, what, how do I, it was incredible. I mean, it's only, you know, I don't know, October, November, December. Well, it was four months, but that was a long time, you know, and it's, it felt so weird. But, and, It, it it took me, I don't know, it took me twice as long as I should have taken to do this sign because of my decisions. I was thinking, and I, you know, kind of gave myself a kick up the arse and just said, hey, come on, you know, you yeah, just you can do, do it. it. What, yeah. what are you doing? And so that was interesting. And I do love uh, doing things completely ad hoc. Like I think, oh, yeah, right, I'm going to do this scroll all that way and then I'm going to bring it right back. And that's that's completely the opposite of what should happen really but it's nice to do these things just to see you know just to yeah. see what happens yeah. and it's fun you know it's fun to do stuff like that and you know that that again to that right there like especially with the way this last year has gone like i i hope it's also a, a reminder for all of us and I, i'm basically speaking like to myself because it's something i've been working on it's like just allowing myself to have more time to have just fun, like just to do yeah, stuff absolutely. that's just fun and doesn't doesn't matter whether, you know, it's uh, contributing to the business or not, or it's just some yeah. chore that has to get done. It's just like trying to just enjoy the time yeah. that we have right now in front of us and wrapped up in everything else. Yeah, fun and laughing is good for the soul. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Indeed. Yeah, it's important to do that. I think I did a, I did a, uh, I don't know, a stay spaced out thing just for fun. I think, oh, maybe that was in October. Just play, you know, it was just total play. Um, yeah. There was no agendas, no nothing, and I, yeah, I love that. It's it's a bit of you in it, isn't it, where you you haven't got to uh, appease somebody or. Or you're not thinking, often I think of the person that I'm painting for an awful lot and think, you know, oh, okay, they're like this, they and they like this, like that. And so I kind of do, I, I'm doing it for them, you know, rather than for my own amusement. And uh, I think it's really important to that. Otherwise you lose yourself a bit, don't you, every now and again? Well, I, I, I think. Y- yes, I'm, and on top of it, you know, I've, I, when I was in Nepal, I did this mural and I ended up painting another one here in, in our town. And it, it, this phrase that just popped in my head last year and, and it stuck with me, art is love. And yeah. it, it's the whole idea that like, that's one of those pure things that we are, yeah. as human beings are able to do where we just give something of ourselves, yeah. you yeah, know, absolutely. whatever goofy passion we've been invested in <laughs> for however long and we've spent countless hours learning about it and then trying techniques and all that and when you give that over to somebody else that's like a 
I mean, I don't want to sound too woo-woo about it, but it's like it's an act of love, you know? And and so when you let yourself go, like what you're talking about, when you just let yourself go and are like, you know what, I'm just going to do this for me, that's a bigger gift to the customer or the person you're doing it for than it is um, to do what what they're thinking or, or, you know, maybe they saw something on Instagram and can you do something like this? That's not, that doesn't have the same value because when you're giving something that you're like really letting loose on, that is your expression that has, yeah. And that's got possibly thousands of hours behind it and passion. Mm. Mm. Do you know what? That's, that's funny. You should say that. I was thinking driving back later on, I went to pick up a load of wood for a, to, to do a shop front and uh funnily enough it was such a beautiful day and we're not getting so many of those in england at the moment uh-huh. i had to stop and uh uh, st- uh stop by a friend's place on the way and they live in a in a quite a rural place and they're really oh they're just really dear old friends and uh we went for a walk so funny i came back to the car and realized the wood had slightly walked because un- unlike england it was a sunny day but it was a beautiful day so i had to get out on it and um, but driving back from there, I was thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to do a sign that said, "What was it? Home is where the art is." <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's, yeah, yeah. So that that's another one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, it is. It's nice to do things like that. That actually means something to yourself rather than, yeah, just doing them because you have to or something. Yeah, and it, especially, I think for me, the stuff I enjoy most is stuff that I don't ever explain, like you yeah. Know, stuff that I work in there that's like a little inside joke or it's something that like I've yeah. really wanted to work into something. And, you know, the, yeah. the, the person never will ever even know what I put in there, but like almost every job <laughs> has that. Nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I love, I love that. Yeah. you. Yeah. That little bit of you that goes in. I have painted a few things on wagons actually that nobody will know. Well, I, I actually hope they don't. Um, <laughs> like underneath, uh, underneath the wagon, underneath the carriage. I don't know if I should. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say it. Um, I did, there's a group called Dire Straits in England. I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan of them. I'm a fan. <laughs> oh shit! Oh yeah. 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 Okay. But go okay. ahead anyway. I'm, ah. I'm always up for a good joke. Go ahead. Okay. Well. Um, so Mark Knopfler had a wagon. Oh Christ! I hope he's no. I don't care if he's listening. Actually. So <laughs> so he he can look now. Now okay. it's out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he won't be listening to this. <laughs> um, so there was, he had this wagon, and I knew for a fact that it was just going to sit in his garden, and it was going to rot. And it was like a trophy, you know, and right. I was kind of like, oh, God, yeah, he's not going to take this thing out. I'll tell you what, I'll eat my words if he does, though. I'll find out that he has another one. It's worth it. Just go for it. It's worth it. Yeah, okay. So so underneath, underneath the wagon, I wrote in big, bold letters, Romeo never loved Juliet. He just liked her for a microwave ovens. <laughs> That's awesome. And I've done a few things like that on people that I just think, you, this is, this is a, this is like a thing, you know, you're not going to use it, uh, you know, right, for, lot, for what it was intended. Yeah, it's it's just going to sit there and see people go. Oh, you've got one of those. You know, there's a lot, there was a spate. There was a few years where a lot of celebrities would have them in their gardens or in their okay. on their estate. It was a trendy you know, to do like, it, huh? And they would never 
so when they call up uh, the guy that I was working for, they'd never tell them who they were. I guess because, you know, they probably thought, oh, he'll bump the price up. Yeah, you know, yeah. If, if he knows, it's so-and-so. Um, uh, and, and so when it came to delivering these wagons, sometimes it was very funny, you know. Um, <laughs> That's it, feels, it sounds like I'm name-dropping here, and I, I really don't mean to, but it's just quite funny. So the Guy Ritchie bought one for Madonna. Oh, God, I hope they're not listening either. They probably won't. Anyway, Guy Ritchie bought one for Madonna for her. I think it was her 50th birthday. Uh-huh. So it was a be- and this wagon, I mean, it was a real beautiful, beautiful, very old, very traditional. It was a stunning wagon. And I painted it all, and it was beautiful. And, and the guy said, can you deliver it on such and such a date? And she said, no, I can't. I mean, you know, I'm somewhere else. Uh-huh. And he said, no, this is really important. I'll give you so much money if you deliver it. And he said, no, you know, I have to be somewhere else. He kept on, he kept on, and in the end he said, oh, God, all right then, you know, okay. So they, uh, so him and another friend went down, uh, delivered this wagon, drove to this place, um, got to this huge sort of estate gates that kind of opened after they pressed the buzzer and somebody you know had to had to call and check who they are and um the guy in the passenger seat that he's the carpenter he said hey hey look there's guy richie there's guy richie running towards us and he said who the fuck is guy richie (laughs) and and then because you know he he didn't know he wasn't interested in celebrity status in yeah, television yeah. He, didn't, he didn't he just really hadn't got a clue about people like and then and then i just said oh hey, look, there's madonna it's, i can't believe it that's madonna and he said what is it who's madonna it's just really funny and <laughs> that's I, awesome and so they just they dropped the wagon off there and uh but they wanted it to be put on this big stage you know for her 50th birthday and they just said no this is this is really no, mate, sorry, we've got to go. We've got to be somewhere else. We told you we've got to go. So off they went, you know, and one was explaining the other one to Hugo, Richie, and Madonna was for the rest of the journey. You know, you should never feel bad about name dropping. Like, that's genuine, like, marketing currency for artists. Like, I... you know, I I, I put it front and center because it, it, it's, it just... It's, it helps with people like getting new jobs and everything else because they see it and they're like, Oh, so-and-so entrusted their project with them. And it just makes less headaches for you. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's I, I don't view true. it as bragging. When I was younger, I kind of viewed it as bragging. And as I've gotten older, it's like, yeah. it just makes life easier because you, it, it, it minimizes people, you know, calling who are like, you know, well, my project's very important, and, and are you worthy of having my project? You know, it yeah. just kind of sidesteps I, some of that. Yeah, I think I think it's because I think it's because the actual so the actual thing does become like a trophy rather than the actual. So it takes a bit of honesty out of it, away from it. it it's becoming something else you know it's becoming this huge treasure which in fact it is but but it's not doing its job it's not 
it, it's not honestly trundling off the road or well, being I think, called by horses or something I, like that. I, I, yeah, I know I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I need to get over myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I think you're taking it too seriously, maybe. I think, yeah, I think yeah, what yeah, it is, yeah. is right. if you're, if you're leaning on that, then yeah, you're off track. But if your focus is on your work and the quality of your work and becoming a better artist and all of that, and you're just using it as an advantage to like, you know, sell the next project and hopefully minimize the headaches of somebody talking down to you or whatever, like I, I, sure. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, I, 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 I don't want to push uphill. You know, I'm, 50, <laughs> yeah, I'm 52 years old. I've been doing this for over 30 years. I want to make things as easy as I can on myself. Yeah. Like, and and that's, yeah, that's I think one way that you can do that if you've been doing things for a long time and have worked for people like you know what you're describing. Yeah, that's that's really sweet. I'll try and take that advice on board. I think I find I find it more I'm I'm more grateful, I suppose, for for working with uh for working with really the old people that really live that life and mm -hmm. that have poured their pretty much poured their life and soul into it really because they're kind of you know they're dying out that generation and yeah. um so I, I do feel I feel incredibly lucky to work with them you know that's my I, I guess if I was going to brag that would be the thing that I you know I've worked with some that, of the that's the insane the juxtaposition of where we're at now though and it, because yeah. of technology yeah. is you know, there's people with huge social media audiences. And then, you know, two towns over, there's some old sign painter that isn't even anything you can find on the internet. And he's just got it all down rock solid and knows his stuff in and out. So it, it yeah. we live in an insane reality now. Yeah, 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 absolutely true. Yeah, absolutely. I Yeah, we do. We do. Everything's yeah, everything's on the internet, isn't it? You're so true. And I, I, find, I do find it really refreshing when I meet somebody and they haven't even got a phone. Well, they've got one of these old Nokia house bricks, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah great. You know, they got a phone and it rings and, and you answer it and no, it doesn't take pictures. I got a camera for that. Yeah, yeah. I quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's sweet. Well, speaking of old world technology and speaking of... Um you know, musicians you've worked for. I, I do like to ask people that I interview, like what music they're listening to. Oh my God. Um, and, and, cool. and you have to be honest. You like, it can be like yeah. really embarrassing. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. even better um, actually. Okay, what, I don't know what's embarrassing. So one of my really old favorites is Frank Zappa. I think because I like the man. Okay, um, yeah. I, I love him because I think he's a genius and uh, I like him for what he stood for and what he fought. Um, and he was pretty misunderstood, I think, by a lot of people. So I do, I love Frank Zappa. Um, I've, never dug, I've never dug into him. I've, I've only got a surface knowledge of him and he's somebody that I've always told myself, someday I'm going to go there and I'm going to just go deep dive, you know. Uh, well, Camarillo Brillo. Um, or Overnight Sensations, probably the best album, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'll look yeah Overnight one. Sensations are goodie. Um, I've been listening to, do you want paint, actually? See, I listen to all kinds of stuff. When I was in 
Uh, when I was in California, I listened to a lot of Lula Downs, who's mm. this, she's almost sort of Spanish operatic kind of, she's very passionate. And then Jim White. Have you heard Jim White? I have not. Oh, he's great. He's, he's such a, he's what, such a. What kind of genre guy. is he? How would you describe him? I got some, um, what is he? He's, he's, I wouldn't know how to put him. Uh, He's not a cowboy. He kind of wears a cowboy hat sometimes. Um, He's a bit of a storyteller. Okay. He's very, yeah, he's a pretty individual dude himself. Um, I don't know. I don't know what category I'd, I'd want to plug him into, really. But 10 miles to go on a nine mile road. Is great. That's one of that's a real favorite track um, okay. that I love of him. Um, cool. I've gone really blank. Sometimes I reggae. Sometimes I listen to uh, reggae occasionally. Yeah, reggae. I, I've got a. Um, I love uh, Linton Crazy Johnson. Love Linton Crazy Johnson. What else have I been listening to? Oh my God! You've thrown me. I don't. <laughs> I've got, I'll quickly have to uh, have to check out my playlist now. Um, that is wow. I mean, often I have Radio Six on. Iggy Pop on Radio Six is really okay. good. He plays some right, really great tunes. Kind of, I kind of I like old stuff that takes me back in this really safe, funky old bubble, like the Pink Fairies and uh, Twink and the Pink Fairies, which is a really gone. Planet Gong, David Allen. That was a real, right old hippie era. But it's uh-huh. kind of comfortable. And, you know, in my head, it's when everyone was nice. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. of course. That's of the course memory you're were. choosing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really funny, yeah. But, um, of course, everybody's nice now. You know, there are nice people, but it it's, it just seems to be a comfort place. Um, right, what else have I got on here? Oh, the comet is coming. I think were, was the favourite of um, a couple of years ago. Hmm. Um, so there are three-piece bands, uh, saxophone, keyboard and drums. And the they comet is coming? The comet is coming, yeah. Okay. They, there's a track called Summon the Fire. Uh, I saw them play at uh, Boontown or Shambhala, I think, a couple of years ago. And um, they were phenomenal. Really flipping phenomenal. Oh, I'll um, look for that, too. Yeah. Adrian Sherwood. Mm. Uh, no, you're, you're pulling stuff way out of left field. This is great. This will give me stuff to learn. <laughs> oh. Um, old favorites, like The Clash, Big Audio Dynamite. Uh, hey, I was just listening to Big Audio Dynamite a couple of days ago. That was one Yay. of my that was one of my favorites. I you know, uh when Clash broke up, I was like so heartbroken and then um he popped up with uh with Big Audio Dynamite and I was so thrilled. And and it's such a different vibe too. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it's really chilled, isn't it? It's nice. Um so Devin Sproul, she's she's uh she's really lovely. Um Doug, Dub Pistols, um, and there's a few. Oh, there's a band called Echo Town. That's a, a couple of a couple of mates. It's their band. I love them. Uh, the Groundhogs. That's quite. They're quite old, uh, but I still love them. Uh, 
Wow, crikey. I, I like my Eastern music. I love Afghan music. Okay. Uh, I love Kate Tempest. Kate are, you, Tempest. are you familiar with Tanarawin? Yes, I love them. Uh, yeah. I got to go yeah. see them live a couple yeah. of years ago in Dallas, and I just... I, I love that band. Wow. They're, yeah. yeah, I love... Yeah, they're flipping great. They're, Kate Tempest, uh, her latest one um is is brilliant i think her first two i think for me were a bit angry but her last one which was um traps and life traps and lessons i think it was called that was that was really great but i love that so much because i saw her do that album live again it's when you and i was saying i was standing in a sea of people i couldn't actually see her because there were so many people and so i closed my eyes and when she finished the set, I opened them, and there were tears rolling down my face, and I looked to everybody else, and there were young people, old people, huge people, little people, every kind of person you can imagine, and they were all tears rolling down their face, and I thought, uh, wow, that's powerful stuff. Yeah, that's um, an endorsement. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So that was, yeah, that was really good. Playing for change as well, I do like them. There's a whole bunch of people. Uh, you should come across them. So they, and it's Manu Chow, it's, uh, oh, the Italian guy who plays guitar. It's all kinds of people. A, an amazing guy from New Orleans. He's a busker called Grandpa. <gasps> oh, I've forgotten his name. Grandpa Nelson. But so they all get together and they're from all around the world. And well, sorry, they don't get together, so they're in their separate places, and they, but they all play the same tune, and they're all linked up. Huh. Um, I, and I love that. I love the concept that all these people from different parts of the world are all completely with each other, you know, but actually not physically, but they're all completely into the same groove, and they're so, having a so great you, time. So you love and you hate technology all at the same time? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Well, I'm pretty rubbish at technology, but when other people get it together, my God, it's it's brilliant. Um, oh, what else? The Zen Hussies, and Thirteenth Floor Elevators. Wow, that's um, that's really throwing back, huh? Yeah, I still occasionally there's a beautiful track that. Um, that really reminds me uh, of my grandmother. Um, weirdly enough, uh, but yeah, they're good. Um, God, you've really thrown me. That's funny, actually. <laughs> you just you just rattled off like twenty bands for people to dig through and find. So I, I don't think I rattled you. I think you did a really awesome. Oh, that's really sweet. Well, I could. Uh, Hmm. Oh God, I've got this can't heat going on there. You can't heat. Um, <laughs> going up the country. I know that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else have you got? Uh, Dr. Packer. Uh, well, yeah, I, I do. I do like all sorts. Icky Pop Radio Six. He plays a great uh, combo of some nice. Folk music, some really old folk music, you know, from the from the thirties. Uh-huh. Um, quite like that, and Kazakhstan music from Kazakhstan. Oh, I'm trying to find you some names. I'm trying to find you some names, actually. 
Uh, now I've got the Chemical Brothers. Oh, Palmer International. They're great. They've got some, the Tesco Bombers. They're bonkers. Um, Lee Scratch Perry and Adrian Sherwood. Uh, they're fantastic. Really, huh. really good to listen to. Juicy Lucy. Do you remember those? They, no, they I don't. were this really, uh-huh. really good band. Uh, oh, there's loads of Frank Taffer going on. Yeah, <laughs> Lisa Perry again. Um, I think that you would like Jim White. He, he, often I I tend to, if, if I like the people, I, I, I tend to... You get invested in the music if you like them as a person? Yeah, I kind of, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, oh, there's a band called Dead Can Dance, and they kind of do this speaking. I remember them. I, mean, I, love, I, I love Talking Heads. I love David Byrne. Yeah, yeah, same here. He's he's just he's an artist, you know. He's a, he's quite a phenomenal guy, and he I I listened to an interview with him, you know, with him, and he uh, he had a, he's you know he's got Asperger's, and he does this. He just does incredible stuff, and he manages himself so well, huh. um, considering his shyness that he always said that because kind of comes across as quite arrogant. And I thought, wow, you know, you're an amazing, you're an amazing dude. So you, you know, you do all this stuff and you manage it, you know, yeah. being like you are. I, I that always that always makes me really like somebody that they have this stuff. You know, you know they just that they go on doing it. I think I, I like Jim White, actually. He's got, you know, he's he's completely, um, he's got a lot of mental issues, and he's completely open about it, you know, he's completely open. But he's he's such a nice dude. And, 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 and so then I go, oh, yeah, I like you. I like anything you do, you know, which is kind of crazy, really. But it's, but yeah, that's how it wears on me sometimes. Well, you know, um, it's one of my favorite quotes is um, be kind for everyone you meet fighting a hard battle. And I I think that's a good one because, you know, you just have no idea what anybody's struggling with and everyone's struggling with things. I mean, no one gets gets by with just some, you know, that that's the whole thing that's that's funny about the whole, um, you know, Instagram internet world is, you know, people can portray their life as just being so smooth and inside they're like miserable or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're really struggling with life and stuff, aren't they? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, And I think, you know, and there's there is a bit of struggle, well, you know, especially at, at the moment with all kinds of stuff going on. And I think, yeah, I think it's just refreshing when people. Rather than do all the sparkly stuff, you know, and, and come out and go, yeah, you know, this is well, that's well. I actually like it when people say, do you know what? Well, man, I've had a shit day. Or, wow, this is, it's just real. It's, yeah, it's a bit, yeah. it's a bit realer, you know. Um, oh, Alabama Three. Have you, have you heard Alabama Three? I, I've heard the name and I haven't listened to them. They're quite good fun. Now, Buffy St. Marie, you know Buffy St. Marie. I know that name also, but I don't, I can't, I couldn't name a song. So that lady, she's 74 years old. Really? And yeah, and her last track is called Spirit of the Wind. Wow. Huh. That oh. is something else. Um, and I think 
I get kind of hooked on tunes and have to listen to them about five, six times a day sometimes, you know. And that, but that was definitely one I remember when I was in California thinking, whoa, that's that's incredible. And it's she's great to watch in it too. I definitely recommend that one. Huh, okay, awesome. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate you carving out the time to uh, to do this. I know that I've been, you know, uh, we've been trying to connect to do this for a while. And then I had a hiatus from doing the podcast with moving and other changes. And but I'm really Crikey, glad that, that you made the time. What's that? Sean, thank you, Stephen. You've moved as well within this all. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that was two years ago now. Wow. That I, that I moved. Yeah. Do nice and settled. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing it. Um, because I never got to listen to the last lot of podcasts, but now, now, um, now I've now you have no excuse. My hand doing Zoom. I'm on it. <laughs> well, and <laughs> I would like to much. encourage you that even though you're not a big fan of tech stuff, to continue to post pictures of your work because there's people <laughs> like me that actually really enjoy seeing it. You are so sweet. Well, honestly, coming from you, that's a massive compliment. And I so appreciate that because you guys are amazing. I love, I just love what you do. And the old, I love the old stuff, like the old Victorian type stuff. I remember seeing your uh, Star Studios. Um, it was in Black and White. It was quite a few years ago now. And I just uh -huh. thought, flipping, wow. That, that was like straight out of Victorian. Uh, thank you. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm a, I, I, I'm a self-described history nerd. So like I just love excellent digging into stuff and, and making yeah. sure that stuff's period correct to the buildings and all that. that I love all that. I love ghost signs. Do you? Yeah, yeah. For sure, Every yeah. now and again, I'll see one. I'll see one in the town, really high up. You know, that's painted, absolutely gorgeous. In fact, uh, going down to through France a couple of years ago, there were so many. Huh. Oh, in France, huh? I guess. I mean, yeah. I don't know why that surprises me, but I've never been there, so it just seems like, oh wow. But yeah, no, that's that's cool. Yeah, I wish. I, I think I got a couple of photos, but but I wish I you know it's something that it would be great to get a really good camera and just go right okay I'm going to do a whole a whole project on ghost yeah, signs yeah. you know beautiful yeah really nice and you've got a lot in the states I guess too yeah you know advertising you know pros and cons of that we could go on for hours but you know like. United States is like the center of like ridiculous over the top advertising. And the good side of that is there's still tons of great old signs in most of the bigger cities. And even yeah. some of the small yeah. towns, you'll like go downtown and see stuff painted on side of buildings. It's, it's a lot um, of fun. Yeah, it's great. I love it. And they got painted by the brick. Um, they got yeah. paid by the brick. Today. Yeah, I've never heard that. Yeah, someone someone told me that um, that so they would so they would say what they wanted on the wall, then they would uh, count, count how brick. many bricks. Interesting. Yeah. that's kind of like yeah. square foot pricing, maybe. I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Huh. I'd never heard that. That's um, fascinating. I don't know if it's true or not. That's just what someone. I'm told I'm me. willing to repeat it without verification. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just did. Uh -huh. Oh. Well, thanks Sean, again. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Sean. I appreciate and, um, it. 
a lot. Yeah, I do too. Thank you. And uh, all the best with your boat. Yes. I that, think that's such I, a we, we, We're not sure how we're pulling that off yet, but we're, we're going to yeah, keep at will. it until we make it happen. Absolutely. I'll send you a load of pictures of the cat. Awesome. <laughs> Brilliant. Great. Thank Cheers, you. Madea. Thank you. Okay, have cats. This is the part of the show where we play a song from the Arhuli archive, so pay attention. You can get these tunes from the legendary Arhuli records at arhuli.com. Now sit back, open up some one shot, crank up the volume, and expand your minds, babies. <laughs> 